of the Fountain of Life podcast, and I welcome you to today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, and we are still on our theme, God's plan and purpose for success or prosperity. What is God's plan and purpose for success or prosperity in our lives? In our previous episode, we started discussing the blessings of tithing and offering. And we saw in that episode that when we give, either through our tithes or through offerings, we are honoring God. And God says to honor him, you know, he wants us to honor him with our first fruits, with our increase, with everything. And as a result, blessings flow into our lives. And when we practice that, when we give, we are demonstrating God's generosity. We are an extension of God's hand to a world that needs to experience God's generosity. We become a source of blessing to other people as well because the Bible says that when we give, men will add to us. So we know that there is this issue of God using men to bless us. So why not you be the source of somebody's blessing? Then we also saw in that episode that being generous and giving is part of God's nature. And he's a God of abundance and he's a God of generosity. So if we are his children, it's just right that we demonstrate generosity in all that we do. And specifically with regards to our finances, with regards to being a source of blessing to other people. And we also saw in that discussion that when we give, and God blesses us, that leads to people realizing that abundance in our lives, they will give glory to God. So our being blessed is a source of glory for God. God wants to see us flourishing. And when we flourish, when we do well, when we are successful, when we prosper, it brings glory to God. So today we want to go a step further and look at the story around tithing. What does God say around tithing in our everyday discussion? It's generated a lot of heartburn and a lot of discussions in various Christian circles. But I want us to just look at it from an unbiased perspective from the scriptures and see whether this is something that is worth for us to do, given all the benefits so that we will lay to rest once and for all whether as Christians we should be tithing at all. All right, so go with me first. Let us look at the origin of the tithe in the Bible. 
And based on the principle of first appearance, there is so many things that we can learn from how tithing came to be documented, at least in our version of the Bible, that's the New King James Version, or any of the King James derived versions of the Bible. Now, the background to this story in Genesis chapter Genesis chapter 14 is this. Lot had been captured. He had already left Abraham and gone to align himself with the kings of Sodom. He settled in Sodom. But unfortunately for him, he had been taken captive. There was a marauding band of five kings. They, three kings, they came, ransacked the cities and took everybody away. Now, when Abraham heard about this, he marshaled his own militia and then some alliances that he had made and they pursued these kings who had come to capture Lot and the people of Sodom. And he defeated them and there was a lot of war booty that was available for Abraham. Now, we don't know Abraham's state of mind, but based on what the scripture refers or what the scripture says, it looks like he had no interest in profiting from the war booty before he even went to the war. We shall come to that. But what we are about to read is a very interesting dialogue between Abraham, the kings of Sodom, and a strange man. I call him a strange man because we don't know, we don't know his beginning. All we know is that he's called the king of Salem or the king of peace. And he met Abraham as he was finished wrapping up this war. It's all done. And, you know, he met Abraham after this war. So this is a conversation that took place. Verse 17 of Genesis chapter 14. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh. That is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Kedolumiah and the kings who were with him. So, the king of Sodom, he just went to meet Abraham after Abraham had finished the war. I don't know why he didn't join Abraham in the fight. But whatever it was, he met Abraham after that fight. Verse 18, it wasn't just the king of Sodom who met Abraham. This Melchizedek also met Abraham. Verse 18, then the, the Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. At this point, God hadn't changed the name of Abraham, as we will know. He still was called Abram. We shall take some clues from there, some cues from there in to look at the blessings of tithing in future episodes. But note that at this point, he is still Abram, okay? And he is of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. So that must be a very strange greeting. Melchizedek meets him and look carefully, he brings bread and wine. So it was Melchizedek who first gave to Abraham. And he didn't just 
gave him, he blessed him. So if we take Melchizedek to represent God, because the Bible says the priest of most high God, and we shall soon see that even Jesus Christ, his priesthood, derives from Melchizedek's priesthood. So there is something really powerful about Melchizedek. So Abraham, or Abraham at this point, <coughs> he had this nourishment, this refreshing from this man Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blessed him. And this is what Melchizedek also said, And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. So he knew what had happened. I don't know if Abraham told him, but this Melchizedek had knowledge of what Abraham had done. And whether it was a prophetic thing he was saying, that God had delivered Abraham's enemies into his hands, we don't know. But for that moment, that seems to be the case. That he had won victory and he is blessed and is of the most high God. Now, how did Abraham respond to Melchizedek? That is what we are talking about today. The story of the tithe. The Bible says, And he gave him a tithe of all things, or a tithe of all. So Melchizedek really didn't ask Abraham for a response. He came out of the generosity of his heart. He came fulfilling the purposes of God. He came representing God most high. And he brought nourishment to Abraham. He first gave him, you see, and not only did he give him, he also pronounced blessings on Abraham. But above all that, he gave Abraham a very, very powerful revelation. And I'll read that again, because we shall soon see what that meant to Abraham. He says, blessed be Abraham, or blessed be Abraham, of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. So Melchizedek gave Abraham, maybe he already knew, based on his interactions with God. Remember, God told him to get out of his father's house and show him. So Abraham has some experiential knowledge about God. But as to whether he knew or he embraced the truth that God is the possessor of heaven and earth, we don't know. But at this point, Melchizedek, emphasizes that that god the god of abraham is indeed the possessor of heaven and earth everything belongs to him you see so bible says abraham responded to the generosity of god he responded to everything that melchizedek had told him he brought him food he blessed him he gave me a revelational knowledge and the Bible says that Abraham gave him a tithe of all things. Now, before we dive any deeper into the tithe, come to verse 21. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hands to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a, a thread 
to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abraham rich. This is amazing. You see, Abraham viewed himself in the light of God's generosity. He told the king of Sodom, look, I'm not going to take anything from because the king of Sodom made a proposal. Okay, you give me the people and take the goods for yourself. Abraham said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. Because I have raised my hands to the Lord Most High. When did he raise his hands to the Lord Most High? Most probably before he went to war. He didn't want the booty of war from Sodom the booty from Sodom to contaminate the purposes and the riches that God has in store for him. So when Melchizedek told him that the Lord Most High is the possessor of heaven and earth, it reinforced whatever position Abraham was holding with regards to those material things that he has come into because of winning that war. So he only gave a tithe of the things at his disposal from the wall to Melchizedek. The revelational knowledge that Melchizedek gave him strengthened his faith that God was his source and God was plenty for him. He didn't need war booty to be rich because he said, lest you say that I made Abraham or I made Abraham rich. That is amazing. You see, so how does the tithe come into this? One, Abraham gave the tithe in accordance to his free will. He wasn't pressured. There was no law around it. At least we don't know at this point it's not documented. And Melchizedek didn't demand it also. It was all based on response to God's generosity. That is why yesterday, not in the previous episode, I beg your pardon, we were talking about we having a free will to honor God because we recognize the blessings that he's brought into our lives. That our money, our wealth, and everything that we have is all based on God first giving to us. He gave us life to begin with. He gave us intellect. He gave us wisdom. He gave us the strength and all. And when we use those to work, we are rewarded with a salary. We are rewarded with a compensation. So when we tithe a tenth of those blessings we have to God, we are telling God, thank you. I honor you. I recognize your goodness to me. And recognize all these blessings. And so here is my honor. Me saying thank you for your gift to me. And so it has nothing to do with a church, a Christian organization, or anything. It's just between you and God. We soon see how it came to become law and all of those things. And why it was. You see, so the basic fact is that Abraham gave a tenth of what he had. That was his increase. That war booty was his increase. It is not everything in his house that he tithed unto the Lord. 
it was that increase that momentarily battle has won and everything that came into his hands. And he gave a tenth of it to Melchizedek and he walked away from the rest because he didn't want to be described as somebody who became rich because of the kings of Sodom. That is part of honoring God. See, So the tithe is not at the at this point, there was no law. So if anybody told you, or if you preach, or somebody says that it is a law, remember, we are not under the law, we are under grace. And we are people of faith. And we are people of the faith of Abraham. So if we are tithing as believers, it's not because there is a law associated with it. Or God is going to kill us if we don't. But we do it all the same out of faith, out of our appreciation of God's blessing to us. That is why we tithe. Because at this point, there was no law. And God talking about this in the Bible at this point is to show us the power that is available to us when we have a financial covenant relationship with God. This is important because as a believer, you want to have a revelational knowledge that the God you serve is the possessor of heaven and earth. He doesn't need your tithe, really. It is an expression of your gratitude and of your love for him in appreciation of all he's blessed you with. That is why you tithe. And if you don't, you are not honoring God. And besides, all that God is going to use that tithe for, you stifle it. So if you love God and you love the house of God, nobody needs to, you know, wrangle your hand. Nobody needs to put a hammer on your head. Nobody needs to pressure you to tithe it. It should be your response to God's generosity, just like Abraham did. He gave a tithe to everything. And he got hold of that revelational knowledge that Melchizedek gave him. That is, the Lord Most High is the possessor of heaven and earth. So he has everything at his disposal. God has it all. And I believe that he expects us to respond to his generosity. Remember Melchizedek, he brought bread and wine. Abraham didn't solicit. That is the generosity of God's heart. He, he provides for us. He takes care of us. He makes sure that we have all that we need. Look at the timing. He just came back from war. He must have been exhausted. He must have been tired. And everything that has to do with it. So God knew his needs at that moment. And he met Abraham or Abraham at that very point of his need. There can't be any more loving God than this. So as believers, let us lay to rest all the debates about whether it's worth hiding. You know, it is not about a law. It is about we honoring God because that is the way to get our blessing. Thank you so much for joining me. Next week, I will look at another person also made a free will, generous promise or covenant of the time to the Lord, what it meant to his life. 
and then we shall look at the blessings that flow into our lives when we have a covenant giving relationship with God through tithe. Thank you so much. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this channel, I invite you join us on Fountain of Life podcast on YouTube and let us together grow in our faith in the Lord. Thank you so much and may God richly bless you. Fountain of my life, I worship you today. Hello everyone, this is Charles Zuta, the host of the Fountain of Life podcast. I want to first express my sincere gratitude to God and to our audience members who have been part of this wonderful journey this past couple of months as we shared in God's word. As we draw this season to a close, we also want to look forward to our new season. And we want to turn our attention to something that is so important. That is, we want to look at the treasures of the kingdom. In the book of Luke chapter 12, the verse 32 to 34, Jesus encourages the disciples to sell what they have, get money bags, and also to look for treasures in heaven where it doesn't fail. Because where our treasure is, there our heart will be and in several other places in scripture god categorically mentions treasures for instance he says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found and then he sold all that he had and came to buy it so there are things that god considers to be treasures paul will equally say we have this treasure in earthly vessels so there are things that God considers to be treasures because of their value. The question we need to ask ourselves is, do we see through the eyes of God and prioritize the things that He prioritizes? What is treasure to us? So in this episode, we'll be having men of God come and share with us on various aspects the treasures of the kingdom. They definitely are things that God categorically defines as being treasures. So what should our attitude be towards those things? And are we also equally playing the same game with God in terms of what he considers to be treasures? So join us as we launch in season three, beginning with this amazing topic of the treasures of the kingdom because we don't want to labor for that which is not real bread and we don't want to cast our pets before swine and most importantly where our treasure is there our heart is so join us as we look at treasures of the kingdom God's perspective of our faith that might help change the way we view our faith and the things we spend our energy our efforts. May God richly bless you and I look forward to having you join us on this amazing journey. Thank you all. God richly bless you.
the book of Matthew 11, 28 to 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. Thank you.